Good evening, Airmen of Troy, and welcome to another episode of Sound Off, Leadership Lessons with the Airmen of Troy. Our mission here is to inspire and develop future leaders of the Air Force and beyond. I'm Cadet Lurkowski. And I'm Cadet Wu. And today's guest is Captain Asendorf. started. Uh, what wing staff positions did you hold as a POC? Yeah, it's a good question. I started January 2012. I just tried threw myself into everything. Started Arnold Air my first semester because they didn't know how to march or do any of that. I wasn't on scholarship or anything. I was at City College still, still trying to transfer. Just really threw myself into stuff. So I really like, it was like the, the day room cleaner dude. So I like set up a plan when it was dirty and I got like the lieutenant colonel at the time he like shot me an email and was like hey the day room's dirty fix it and i'm like oh no no and like uh started that way um try to lift where i stood was the was my my thing right and and when i was a, a gmc still like i don't know if you guys still have it but that um that org chart display with the black uh, frames um is that still up there yes sir we just got a new and updated one actually Oh, dang. All right. Well, I built that. So that's where that came from. Um, so kind of like little projects around that I could like help with because I had um, so a couple years of construction experience prior to uh, joining ROTC. And um, but uh, my POC years, I was uh, started out the Delta Flight Commander. Um, uh, it was an awesome job as a cadet. Um, we, we ended up getting honor flight that semester. It was pretty sick. Um, then I... Uh, um, no, notably, I guess it was a uh, uh, IG inspector following uh, year, and then uh, my last semester in ROTC, I was the ops group commander, and um, that was uh, that was pretty interesting. I, I applied to uh, so you know embrace every opportunity given to you, right? And I just wanted to have an experience to brief a lieutenant colonel, major, and a captain. Um, so I wanted to apply to be cadet wing commander and I did and it absolutely fell on my face, but it was a good experience. And, and, um, luckily I didn't get the job. Um, but I got, got to be ops group commander or cadet ops, uh, group commander for the wing. And that was, that was pretty solid and enjoyed that. And, um, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So what is it that you miss the most about that 60, sir? Uh, yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, it's, it's going to sound corny. And I, up until this point, you guys were like, Ooh, this guy, like, I don't know who, where he's coming from. He still seems like bright eyed and bushy tailed. Right. But like, I don't know, the Air Force can be pretty grueling. Um, and uh, the, the community in Air Force ROTC, the detachment 60, like was, uh, still is like one of the best that I've had. Um, uh, and, and, and it's going to sound corny. Like when I, the first time I stepped on, foot on campus and to go talk to Major Dagok, the, the captain, the recruiting uh, flight commander at the time. Uh, uh, I was like, man, my dreams are going to come true. Because USC, it's all, it's all in the movies, the campuses. And it's like, I was like I, I've been here before. And um, it's absolutely like, um, I didn't really turn back from that. Um, uh, like one of your other questions is probably coming up, but I'll answer it right now. Like how I how, why I picked security forces, but like I, um, um, I, my, my dad's an uh, electrician. My, 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 my grandfather is a, a 27 year veteran for Los, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Um, he passed away back in uh, 2011. 
and uh and um i you know i i want to be a cop and and uh i uh i applied to a bunch of agencies and without an education uh really wasn't standing a chance right um i spent a couple years in mexico city right after uh high school so i had spanish you know i was a white guy fluent in spanish and um but just didn't have an education no military background nothing really to offer to a police department at the time and and I was playing all these agencies nobody's really giving me a chance and like uh I was like hey like I'm gonna switch gears and join the, the military and and um my, my wife at the time um we were dating and her grandfather um he was a fighter pilot in the Korean War with uh with Marine Corps and um then he then he got out of the Marine Corps uh like defense attorney for 20 years, then, then a judge for an additional like 10 years, I think with Long Beach. And, um, uh, we was sitting around the table and I was like going back and forth and applied to LAPD at the time and they didn't pick me up. And, and I was like, ah, like beating my head against the wall. And it's like, and he was like, well, try to find a commission. If you're thinking about the military, try to find a commission. So Google Air Force ROTC, cause I knew I wanted a family too. And, and Air Force is very, very, um, uh, conducive to having a family as well. They definitely treat you right um, as far as family goes and um, in my experience so far. And and so I did and, you know, went and saw Major Dagok and, and he's like, hey, you can pop in as early as next semester. I'm like, wow, really? And uh, I did in January 2020 uh, or 12th uh, and, uh, and, and never went back. And that community that we built there uh, is probably the the, uh, the biggest thing that I miss because um, those dudes, like, you know, uh, you've had a, a lot of them on and uh, you know, we, we probably don't talk as much as we, we probably did back then because we, you know, we don't really work with each other, but like, shoot, like I, I've been places where I met, met up with them and, and it's been great. Um, so, so it's like, you always have that, like you pick up where you left off kind of thing. And it's, it's pretty amazing. And it's uh, having that, uh, that camaraderie, that family, wherever you go in the Air Force. It's like, you might be super far away, but um, uh, you're always gonna kind of know where home is and, and have that, that thing. My, my wife, she always says like, it's like, it's like my worlds are colliding. Like when, when we like, we move somewhere else and then like we link up with somebody and, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. So what is your current duty station and how do you like it since you're at the Marine Corps Expeditionary Warfare School what are you learning there yeah that's a good question let me let me back up a little bit um um and then I'll kind of lead into EWS and, and everything and like so I started my my career uh when I first PCS and went uh went active duty um I went to FE Warren Air Force Base I was a a flight commander over like 52 dudes um, doing missile field security over ICBMs, right? Um, and uh, that was an awesome, awesome assignment. Um, and uh, I actually had three jobs there uh, within the two and a half years I was there. Uh, for about a year and a half, um, I was a, a flight commander over those guys. And then I was a section commander over our, our S1 or N S4 section. So uh, security forces is, is set up like a an army unit so they have s functions um and so that's one through five s s1 being administrative so I was, I was in charge of our commander and support staff all the admin turn for the squadron and uh 
keeping keeping tabs on my count on my commander's uh, calendar and making sure he's all up to date with everything he needs to be and making sure he gets everything to sign and, and all inputs and everything i was really able to sit in a lot of stuff at that point um that i wasn't they had no idea no clue to wasn't privy to it prior to and really kind of seeing how a commander over 500 guys um like like distributes and delegates to his troops like it was it was pretty amazing and that commander as a as still as still a guy i talked to is still a great mentor um and he's up here in the pentagon too and it's it's pretty awesome um and then after um so yeah that was s1 i was i had that job and I, simultaneously i was over the supply and logistics section the s4 um and so i was in charge of like the five hundred thousand dollar budget that they had i got to do a three-day tdy to san diego from wyoming um uh, the San Diego Convention Center to look at like gear and and, and stuff to improve our our our, um, our capabilities or lethality uh, in the missile field. That was pretty amazing uh, for all like unfunded stuff at the end of the year that the the overarch that the group didn't pay for, right? And so we can use that money to um, the gap gap capabilities that we that our squadron didn't have, right? Um, and so out of that job, um, I was a uh, the group exec. So I was. I was uh, doing kind of the same thing, admin turn and everything, but now for the group at a, a higher level. And this is just at, at FE Warren, right? And so my first duty assignment, and I had three jobs, was running around with a head, head chopped off, but I was trying to learn as much as I could, as fast as I could. And um, uh, again, that colonel was phenomenal. Uh, he, he commanded security forces squadrons all over the world. Um, notably, like, like Camp Buka in Iraq, he was there for a year. It's basically um, Guantanamo Bay in Iraq, a bunch of uh, detainees there, and he's he's the commander over there. Um, he he's awesome too. He's actually the deck commander over at San Diego State right now. So um, awesome guy, awesome guy. Highly recommend if you ever guys get to sit down with him. Uh, I talk to him all the time. Well, not all the time. I need to. Um, that's why mentors mentorship is a two way street, uh, and I need to work on that. But um. Uh, yeah, so I was his group exec for a little bit, and then um, he sat me down one day, and he got the assignment cycle was running through, and he, he's like, "You think you're ready to be an operations officer?" I was like, "Yes, sir. I, I think I am um, over a, a small unit, but I think so. I'd already done a flight commander position, did the admin turn thing, been over a budget, um, all the supply and logistics stuff, um, and doing the, uh, you know, seeing how commanders delegate and 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 lead airmen, right?" Um, through through that mission and so he's like what do you think about columbus mississippi and i'm like aha i spent a couple of weeks in shelby mississippi um let me call my wife right and uh so it was a captain's billet i was a first lieutenant at the time and uh uh we ended up like picking that up thought it was a good opportunity it was good i would be able to deploy out of there didn't up didn't end up deploying but uh went there um Columbus, Mississippi is pilot training base, right? So that mission very familiar with now. Um, uh, and I was over all the law enforcement and security operations on that base. And so that was, was a pretty awesome experience right there. Um, had had five dogs, uh, had five uh, canine units, or a five dog kennel um, uh, on that base too that, that also fell under me. Um, and, and about 120 airmen. So. Uh, it was uh, and it, uh, civilian as well. So uh, we had um, we had about oh, shoot, about five uh, civilian uh, policemen, police officers under us too. 
that were directly hired by uh, the Air Force. Um, and um, that was a great opportunity. We had, I had some pretty interesting things happen there. We had a T-38, unfortunately, go down um, right off base. Uh, so a trainer aircraft. Um, luckily, those two, two pilots, uh, they, uh, they um, ejected and, and they were able to land safely. And um, uh, just a couple of wild and crazy things that kind of opened my eyes to uh, really um, the bad part of the Air Force and how people are. Um, and that part of law enforcement and really, um, uh, really how, how um, you know, I, I, I understood uh, after being there for about a year, like how much of a grind law enforcement can be, how much of a grind the military could be, and, um, and really what not to do it as a leader. And, and, um, and that really made me a better leader. Um, and so that's, that's another thing. You have to take everything kind of in stride, knowing you're not going to be there forever, especially in the military. You, um, a lot of civilians, you know, they have the same, same, uh, same uh, boss for a long time. You know, we, we, uh, we, our bosses switch out a lot. And so um, that's okay. Um, so after being there for about a year and eight months or so, I PCS to the um, the uh, uh, the U.S. Embassy in Cairo, Egypt. I don't know how I was able to swing that, but um, it was a pretty amazing assignment. Um, I was a force protection officer there, so I was a uh, the uh, uh, um, was able to take um, anti-terrorism uh, level two over in uh, Japan after being there for about a, a month and a half. Uh, I needed that course to um, be able to uh, give recommendations to the two-star army general that was there. He's the senior defense official um, that liaises with the uh, the ambassador in country and the uh, Egyptian armed forces. So all of the army, navy, and um, um, air force in Egypt. And uh, I had a portfolio attached to that that included um, some security cooperation things, right? So. So things that we assist the Egyptian military with, I was able to um, uh, really travel around Egypt and do all those things, and it was pretty amazing. Um, and I was it, I was also able to transit the Suez Canal on on a a, a naval mew, so a marine expeditionary unit, um, basically three ships that that that, that are um, actually exactly what I'm learning about now and an expeditionary warfare school for the Marine Corps. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of insane how it's all tied, tied together. Um, because uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not the Air Force fighting the war. Um, it's, a, it's a joint fight. We're gonna, we're gonna fight alongside our, our, our Navy, Army, and, and Marine Corps um, and Coast Guard brothers and sisters. It's not gonna be um, just the, like, this, this, hey, deploy the aircraft and and uh, they're gonna drop bombs and we're gonna say yay and wave the flag and, and we're done with it. It's gonna be a collaboration between DOD, uh, the State Department um, and, and all of these different facets that, that have to come together and, and coordinate, right? So um, it's been pretty amazing. Uh, in a nutshell, I guess that's, that's, um, that's, that's what it is. So kind of answer your, in a roundabout way, um, uh, what I'm learning here at Expeditionary Warfare School, EWS, right? 
So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't apply to this school as, uh, by the, by the, the good graces of the security forces enterprise. They, they picked my name and, and, uh, they, they, uh, they sent me to this school for, for 10 months for the Marine Corps. Right. So it's, it's a planning course in general, right. Um, the Marine Corps does things very methodically and intentional. They have a maneuver where maneuver warfare philosophy, right? So, um, in the air force, we have air power, right? And we, we, we control the skies. It's strategic air power um, is, is, our, is our thing. We shape the battle space uh, in the deep uh, across enemy lines so it can uh, set up our forces on the front lines and in the rear, right? And so it's, it's, uh, it's our piece of the fight, right? The Marine Corps really fights um, toe-to-toe with the enemy, right? They, can, uh, they do everything across. I don't want to speak for the, the Marine Corps at all, I am still very new at this, but what I have learned being here for the last seven, eight months or so is that they absolutely live their philosophy and I am just grateful to be here, um, to learn from them uh, and, and how they really look at all aspects of a problem, how they look at the, um, look at how they can uh, project their will on an enemy and how they can just stop them with, uh, with giving the effects as specific as possible, right? It's not about, hey, I'm gonna go and destroy the enemy. Like, if you are gonna go and do that, what exactly does that mean? I'm gonna r- render them incapable 80%. If I do that, cool. It doesn't mean I'm gonna go and absolutely demolish a city willy-nilly, right? Or, or, or how, however like it comes out in the end, right? No, very specific end states, um, and that's, that's capitalized um, by planning uh, before that even happens, right? So walking through in a plan and just doing it methodically uh, so your end state becomes your end state and that's where you stop, right? And so it's controlled and that's beautiful. They're so meticulous, so disciplined and, and I'm, I'm grateful to be here and grateful to be a part of it. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Does that answer your question? Yes, so, sir. So in terms of desired uh, specialties in the security forces, so things like K-9, guarding nuclear weapons, or just patrolling bases in those patrol cruisers, what would you say are the most desirable roles or specialties? Yeah, that's a good question, Uh, because you have a lot of pride uh, on on these different specialties in in security forces. And and there's two kind of... um, uh, different things as a cadet you you probably want to like like hey i want to go and, and and be a canine handler right but as an officer you won't be able to do that unfortunately um as an officer like you're going to be managing all of those functions absolutely and you can you can touch them and you can you can you can delegate to them and and you can absolutely spend a ton of time with them right um but you're not going to be doing that. You're typically not going to be on patrol unless you're a, a brand new lieutenant and that's what you need to go and do, right? When I was in, out in the missile field, I would, I would suit up with my guys and be in guard mount with them. And then we would, we would go out in the missile field four days out of a t- at a time. And, and I would be out of there and like driving around, checking on them and making sure uh, that they, if they need anything and they would have it, uh, that kind of stuff. And it would be, um, that would be my function, right? I wouldn't be necessarily going out on, on certain sites and, and, and making sure they're secure, right? I would be managing all of those guys doing that. 
And so that's what an officer does. He, he definitely leads those people. And, and security forces is one of those career fields in the Air Force where you're going to absolutely have that opportunity to lead airmen. And uh, you're not going to just be an expert in your field. We, we kind of focus more on, on breadth than we do on depth, right? So I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a subject matter expert in, in anything, but uh, I've had a lot of opportunity to be able to to spend a lot of time with with patrols, even hop in their car with them and drive around and patrol um, our housing units, that kind of stuff. Um, I've had a lot of time to be on um, uh, canine demos and stuff like that, and you know, with with our kennel masters. Um, I've had a lot of time to to be um, doing other things like that, um, but um, we, unfortunately, officers don't don't get those those special opportunities and um, and things like that. But we, I mean, I was able to go to, to Egypt and work at an embassy, which is pretty crazy. I, I was the only one, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I wasn't leading anyone per se, um, but I, I had a portfolio and that I needed to manage. And I was just basically in charge of myself and my programs. And I was able to, to, to do that. And so not to say like security force officers can't go and do other things because I'm absolutely doing that. Um, but in my next job, I'm going to be heading down to Moody Air Force Base at the, um, the well, potentially the, uh, I haven't gotten orders just yet. I got my assignment notification, which is the uh, uh, A24th uh, Base Defense Squadron. And so the, the 820th Base Defense Group is down there in, uh, in Moody Air Force Base and, and they do, uh, expeditionary air-based defense. And so I would be able to take what I'm learning here and apply that to it, right? So um, I'll answer your question like this, right? So um, K-9 absolutely have, have a, a strong, strong um, a view when it comes to their specialty and a, and a super tight community. My K-9 handlers that I've worked with absolutely love their job when they go to work every day. I've never seen anyone happier to go to work every day because they have a special relationship with their dogs. Um, uh, I've seen airmen that love patrolling and doing community relationships with, um, with, with our housing units, the on-base population, taking care of airmen and their families. It's great, it's a great mission and it's important, right? I've seen people in the nuclear world uh, for uh, nuclear surety. They absolutely love that mission because it's, it's so important. And when they get it down, they are experts in that field. They've spent years in that. Like I've, I've knew, I know people when I was in FE Warren that like would spend like a decade in the missile fields, right? Just doing that because it, it also gave their family stability, right? They, they were able to project out a little bit more predictable than an average military individual, right? They absolutely loved that mission. It was great. And um, they were really good at it too. Um, which is super important, right? Obviously. Um, so I think, it, again, it's, it's important to lift where you stand and kind of know what you like and kind of, kind of go after that, right? But also not be afraid to like be, be uncomfortable and kind of see, hey, I might like that. I, I was like, um, I wanted to do stuff that was different, right? And that's why I wanted to, to, to go to work in an embassy in Cairo, Egypt. That was a phenomenal experience. Um, and to see the culture 
of DOD versus DOS, the State Department, and see how diplomats work and, and the importance of that. Um, it's, it's, it's super interesting. And so uh, I hope that answers the question on like, what's the most desirable positions? It really depends, right? It really depends on who you are and, and what you want to go after. Um, the, the, the next job I have, the, the base defense group, the, the BDG, the 820th, um, that is a very tight-knit group. Um, I, I encourage you to look into that. They, they have a, a, a rich heritage, and I am very excited to go there. Um, and, and hopefully that I'll, I'll enjoy that mission. It's an airborne-capable unit, so I'll, there's a high potential I'll be able to, to uh, have the opportunity to go and get my, uh, my, uh, my jump wings and, and fall out of airplanes. So that's awesome. Go to Air, air Assault. Uh, we have Air Ranger billets there as well. Um, so it's, it's uh, you know, there, there are capabilities like this that are not obvious to, um, to the, the, the Air Force at whole, the, um, or like as a whole, right? And everybody kind of goes in Air Force base and like, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, you got a security guard at the gate. That's nice. And he's going to just salute you and, and you're going to carry on with your day. That's, that's not all what we do. Um, air base defense isn't just guards at the gate with M4s. Um, it's uh, it's a lot more than that, and it can it can be pretty complicated when it when it uh, gets gets uh, gets down to it. So, cool. Uh, that shoot. If that didn't answer your question, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, sir. It did. It's a pretty thorough answer. Thank you for that answer, sir. So, what are your working hours like? Obviously. It probably depends on billet and specialty, but for you as an officer, uh, what what can Air Force security officers expect? Yeah, it definitely varies, right? Um, uh, I'd say probably my busiest hours was when I was a, an operations officer in in Mississippi. Um, man, yeah, this is a good question for my wife because uh, I, I would get I would get phone calls in the middle of the night. Um, uh, about a domestic in housing or, or, or DUI or, or something like that. And then um, I'd have to kind of just go downstairs and, and, and run through everything and, and see if I needed to make any other phone calls to any other leadership on base and, and take care of the problem. Um, uh, so so those, those hours were really kind of like varied, right? Um, and there were times I didn't get a lot of sleep, but other times, you know, kind of panned out. Um, Deployments are definitely different, right? You know, you're going to be working a, a ton more. It's basically all you get, all your your whole life is going to be working. Um, you can be away from family and that kind of stuff. But for you can expect for your typical Air Force base as an operations officer, as a flight commander, to to work a ton. Um, and and it won't necessarily even be like it's it's similar to ROTC, right? I put in a ton of hours. Um, kind of outside Lee Lab, outside PT, um, and it and it wasn't like it, it was because I loved it, right? It, it was because I loved the community there, and and I knew I was working towards and with something bigger than myself. Like it wasn't it wasn't anything that I like dreaded to do. I like I lift where I stood, and I and I got the job done. Like that's that's you know that's what we do, right? And having that willingness and that attitude to go do that, like, um, that, that's really what matters. And also that's 
why we get paid salary, right? So it's like, it's, uh, this is one of those things. And it, it'll be okay at the end of the day. Because um, always, you get 30 days of leave every day, every year. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty sweet gig at the end of the day. You bring up a pretty good point about balancing the family you have at home and the family that is the airmen you work with. And one thing you also brought up was how when you, when you take an opportunity that involves a PCS, you ask your wife uh, what she thinks, like she gets a vote. And that's, uh, that, that's, it sounds like it's pretty important. Not many people bring that stuff up, but it's a, it's a personal thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point too. Um, so like, I think I already mentioned like my, my wife, Anna and I got married, um, like directly at like August 18th of 2013. And I got home from field training, like a month prior. Right. And so, um, we, uh, we got married in ROTC and, um, so she was going to be nine years this year we've been married. And, um, so she has probably all the TDYs I've been through. She's probably moved more than me. Um, because she's kind of, if I was gone for more than like five weeks, she's been over here. Uh, so we're living in DC now. That's the, I commute down to Quantico every day to go to EWS and um, uh, we're, so we're living with my in-laws, right? And so this is where she grew up and uh, in DC and it's, it's been pretty interesting seeing her neck of the woods and everything, but yeah, she absolutely like gets a say in it. Um, and so she, uh, her dad was a diplomat in, um, in the Middle East. So she grew up in uh, Jordan, uh, in Kuwait, Yemen, and Tunisia. Uh, right around the time she was like eight, her dad got out of the foreign service, out of the State Department. And so it was, it was pretty unusual for our daughter to have a similar experience in Egypt, uh, working around the State Department. And and that's pretty amazing opportunity, but like, yeah, family has to be, uh, well, at least for me, it's like a purpose, right? You have to find out your why and why you do things. And, and my wife and I, like, we go back and forth and, and, and like, should I get out of the military and should I not? And it's, and then we, we like when the bathroom starts looking the same, that's when we absolutely know we just need to start like, Hey, what's next? That's when, like, we're getting antsy. I think it's time to go now. And, and our daughter, like, she's four now. And, and we constantly kind of rethink on, like, is this the right thing for us to put our daughter through? And, and, like, we have to have some stability somewhere. Like, we can't be moving like we've been moving. Um, and, but it's also really good for her. And we've seen her develop and, and be resilient in all of these different aspects, all these different moves. And it's been just phenomenal just to have, um, you know, a wife that's on board, not with everything, not with everything, but on board with like the next adventure and, and our daughter and just having her be excited on like, like, yeah, you're moving to Georgia. Yeah, we're moving to Georgia. Yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's fun, you know, and finding your why and understanding why you're actually doing this, this job you don't necessarily love all the time, but like, like the American dream is what we're protecting, right? 
like our our whole family and our way of life is what we're protecting our interests here in the homeland is what we're protecting like if you don't understand that then then you're really just going through the motions you have to understand uh what you're doing and and why you're doing it so um uh yeah it's it's an aspect that's um uh not talked about a lot um I, I wish I, again, why I'm here talking to you guys, I wish I had somebody like that would kind of walk me through like, Hey, what's family life like? Like, yeah, especially in security forces. Like, Hey, like, like, what's it like? like well, it's different for everybody. You gotta, you gotta jump off those bridges when you get to them or cross them. Like you gotta pick one. And, and it's, uh, uh, it's hard, you know, for sure. But it's like, I'm glad she's with me <laughs> and she's stuck with me. And, uh, um, it's it's been fun shoot man like we've traveled egypt and like dipped our toes and went snorkeling in the red sea and the mediterranean and you know with the germany and and christmas 2019 the christmas market and Asendorf is actually a municipality in germany just south of bremen it was legit been there took the picture and it was awesome so you know adventures cool right you really can't put a price tag on support from your family so if i may turn the page on that what are some common misconceptions aspiring airmen or serving airmen have about security forces? Where would you like to set the record straight? That's a good question. Shoot. It's kind of a big question too. I, I mean, we're not special forces. We're not, um, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of like testosterone when it comes to security forces and like gun toters and, and like, you know, fighting bad guys and stuff. And like, you're not going to be kicking down doors every single day. You're not going to be fighting bad guys every single day. Um, uh, each, each job is very different. Um, and um, if you want that high speed life and like, um, and, and doing those kinds of things. Uh, yeah. There's some aspects of security forces where absolutely like, like the dagger community. So uh, that's another aspect of, of security forces. Um, it's a, it's a dagger. Is there, is there a few units, a few dagger units that are attached directly attached to the special operations command and they do flyaway security with special operations. Um, absolutely get phenomenal training and funding and, and great opportunities. Right. But it's a finite experience, uh, like three to six years. You're, you're, um, you're, you're going to be coming back to the regular security forces enterprise and, and, potentially work in a Columbus Air Force Base or Minot, North Dakota and nuclear, um, nuclear surety mission, that kind of thing. So it's, um, your expectations need to be managed when you, when you get into security forces. I think I was well prepared when, because I did my research on what security forces is and, and what they did prior to me commissioning. Uh, I, I think, um, on the flip side of that, the um, uh, setting the record straight as far as uh, the other population of the Air Force, I guess, uh, their view on security forces. Uh, I mean, uh, we, we are here to help the Air Force in general. It's not a, uh, and in my view, right, we can't get the job done without everybody doing their job. And uh, it's an integration of everything. And that's what I've learned doing, you know, working jointly with, with, with everybody else. Like it's not a, 
um, uh, a, a thing that gets done by just one career field in the Air Force or one uh, mission set, it's, it gets done by everything, right? Um, everybody doing their job. So it's, uh, uh, it's a collaboration, absolutely. Um, I think I answered that question. I don't know. Uh, give, give me a revector, Cadet Will. It's, a, it's a fantastic answer. You know, not everybody should expect to, if, if you want to throw flashbangs and kick down doors and clear rooms and shoot Mark 19s, there, there's other plenty of other opportunities for that. You might not, you, you shouldn't go into security forces expecting to do that all day, right? Um, depending on what you do, right? So you can do that absolutely, right? But it's not in every single base, every single location, um, uh, different capabilities or different areas, different environments require different capabilities, right? And and so Columbus Air Force Base, I didn't have Mark 19s, right? We had, you know, nine millimeters and, and M4s, right? That was, that was our basic loadout because um, it was a law enforcement mission, right? And security mission. Um, we were more geared toward, we, we collaborated more operationally probably with the locals and the on-base fire, right? Um, in F.E. Warren, I absolutely had bigger weaponry because of the mission. And it was, um, uh, we, we absolutely got a lot of training with that. And it was, it was, it was just different aspect, right? So um, that's a, so it's a misconception, I guess, from, the, from people that don't really know about it uh, outside looking in. Um, you're not gonna be yeah, like put on a SWAT team once you graduate security forces apprenticeship program, right? So when you become a security forces member, it's not, not gonna happen, but there are absolutely capabilities that, we, that, are, that are pretty awesome, pretty neat, so. So we're gonna go back to that question we skipped, sir. What is your, so what is your best advice for up and coming airmen to not get in trouble with the law enforcement aspect of Air Force security forces I'm sure you have plenty of stories, but oh, you don't have to explain all of them if you don't want oh, to. Man. Uh, probably shouldn't, but um, uh, um, understand where you're parking. If you're parked with your car running that you leave there for eight hours while you go and fly an airplane and you're parked in a crosswalk in a fire lane, and your car is open. Don't do that. And then your car is registered in your mom's name, and I have to run your plates and get your the phone number, and then call your mom, and your mom answers. And I'm like, hey, where's this guy? And she's like, oh, that's my son. And I'm like calling him, and I'm a lieutenant at the time, right? And and I'm like, all right, so let me call this guy, because she gives me his phone number, his mom. And then uh, I call him. And um, and it's a captain. I'm like, oh man, it's a captain. And then I'm like, all right, hey, hey, sir, um, you parked your car for eight hours. You have five tickets there on your windshield. We turned your car off for you because you left your car door open, and it's in a fire lane, in a crosswalk. Um, oh yeah, like yeah, I was, I was putting some stuff. And inside for a retirement ceremony, and I had to go fly because uh, I'm an instructor pilot. 
don't do that. Just don't do that. Um, so that's a story. That's a story that happened. Maybe, maybe, potentially. Um, so real talk, like, um, uh, this is what you need to do, right? So my airmen are at the gate typically. This is your interaction. If you are a good airman and you don't do anything illegal, unethical, immoral, where we have to get up in your business, right? And uh, talk to you. Um, my airmen are at the gates and this is your inter normal interaction with them, right? Uh, you know, flipping plastic at the gate, like we say, and like your IDs, like checking that you're, you're a good American, you're serving our country and you can go on this base, right? Um, and they're gonna salute you, your first salute, and you're gonna act important and like, you know what you're, it's gonna be awkward at first, right? But um, that first salute, but please don't tell them if it's cold outside or rainy or snowy to stay warm, right? Please don't tell them if it's in the middle of Mississippi, it's like, hey, you guys stay cool outside because guess what? They are on a static post for eight to 12 hours, maybe more, and they cannot change their situation uh, because then they will go to jail, right? But they are also there. They are great airmen. They're they are the best airmen. Security Force is the largest career field in the Air Force. There's like 30,000 people in Security Forces in the Air Force. And they, they are there to serve their country, to protect people, to lay down their lives in traffic, in, in, in between anybody that comes in harm, they, that, that, that finds themselves in harm's way, right? So they, they will lay down their lives for you. Um, but sometimes they can't change their situation. And it, don't tell them to stay warm because they're trying. And don't tell them to stay, stay cool because they're also trying. Does it make sense? Um, does that answer your question? Let me go back to this question because I, I, that was just something I wanted to point out. Uh, best advice, not get in trouble. Cool. Um, they won't, you won't get in really trouble if you do that. It's just a thing. It's kind of like, it's kind of like etiquette. You know what I mean? Um, um, just, just obey the rules. Right. Um, um, it's, it's not hard, right. If you've gone this far, um, in, in life you, and you're, you're in college, you're smart people just, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you're Christian, read the Bible. If you're Muslim, read the Quran. If you, you know, be good, toe the line. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's not hard. Obey the law. Cool. I, that, shoot, if that didn't answer your question, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, sir, it did. It's a pretty thorough answer. Um, you mentioned base security isn't just about someone being armed and just guarding the door. So, and this goes back to what you're learning in regards to the Marine Corps planning process, um, maneuver warfare. Yeah. Is Air Force security forces expected to do things like locate close with and destroy the enemy? How far are you allowed to, you know, venture out from the proximity of a base and actually deal with a distant threat? Is that within the scope of your job? Yeah. Yeah, it really, it depends. Right. Um, and that's like, that's probably as good as an answer as I can get. Um, uh, security forces, uh, we're, we're like our, I guess our nickname or, or we're called defenders, right? Defender, defender fortis, right? That's our kind of our motto. And it's like, it's Latin for strong defender. People think it means, um, uh, defender of the force. Uh, but it's, it's really, 
it's really um, a, uh, uh, our, our main job is to defend the Air Force, right? Defend uh, personnel resources and flight lines. Uh, it's not um, to, to fight the actual war, right? Because that's not how the Air Force fights, right? We, we fight with aircraft. We dominate the airspace and air power um, by, by u- utilizing air power. We're, we're not like the Marine Corps uh, where we, we maneuver like them and, and we, uh, we pick up like a, so in, the, in this course at EWS, I, um, we, we, we learn how, how the Marine Corps fights and they pick up what is called a MAGTAF. It's a Marine Air Ground Task Force and it has logistical units in it. It has a ground unit in it and it has an air unit in it. And that's led by a, a communications package. So this is this small package that can pick up and go and fight anywhere, right? And so they have all those capabilities to sustain themselves for X amount of time and they can go and fight, right? Security forces is, can't, can't necessarily do that, right? Cause we're not set up for, and nor do we, does the Air Force fight like that. Um, that, that, that unit I just told you about, the one I'm going to next, can't potentially do that, um, but it's, it's only really for uh, defending an airbase, right? And, and that's what, and it's probably an oversimplification, right? Um, and that's just how my brain works. And so um, this is gonna be recorded and I know if I say anything wrong, people are gonna be like, nah, man, this guy's like, let me, let me like get on and like clarify things. But that, that's, that's really what it's about, right? So um, the way I understand it, the Air Force, uh, um, is fighting in the deep, right? We're fighting, fighting those those enemies that are, um, that that are a potential for. Um, well, we're using aircraft to project that, right? We're not we're not sending ground forces like security forces to go and and do that, right? So, um, uh, do we do we expect uh, like auxiliary help from the Army or the Marine Corps? Sure, uh, when they're when they're there and and things like that. But if um, uh, if we're there and we, we need to um, uh, defend the airbase, that's that's why we're that's why we're there, and that's why that's the the main mission of security forces, right? Is to to, to defend the airbase resources and personnel. So. Thank you for that answer, sir. Had any final words? Any final remarks for all the cadets who are listening? Um, <clears throat> final thoughts. Um, no, I think it's, it's pretty much wrapped up, but, uh, 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 don't, don't quit. Just, just stick it out there. Ha- have them kick you out. All right. Just have them kick you out. Have, have them kick you out. Thank you, Captain Eisendorf, for sharing your experiences and advice, advice with all of us today. It was a pleasure speaking with you and thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Sound Off Leadership Lessons with the Airmen of Troy. Our music today was mixed by Cadet Rohit Menon. You can check out the Airmen of Troy on our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, airmenoftroy.org. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Captain Asendorf as much as we did, and remember, sound off and fight on.